0: We are just really excited to continue, I am, the Finding North series because I'm so passionate about God and His Word. Um, And John has highlighted that God speaks to us in uh, four different ways, and He kind of leant into last week how He speaks to us through the Bible. And so today we're going to continue that series about the Bible in terms of why don't we read the Bible? That's what I'm going to be helping us grapple with a little bit this morning. Uh, you know the sea can be a very dangerous place. Um, if you find yourself in a situation without food and water and shelter, and worse than all of those, is underneath the surface are those fearsome predators who, who want to have you for lunch. And Popular Mechanics tells the story of three teenage boys who lived in the Pacific Islands. And they regularly would get into their little sailboat and sail from their island to the other islands. But on the 5th of October in 2010, things were very different for them. They got into their sailboat, they had two days of food and water, no navigation system, and they set sail for one of the islands. Sadly, they soon lost sight of any shore. Now, picture that. You've left a tiny little island. You're aiming for a tiny little island. If you can't see either, and you're just a little bit off in terms of direction, you can be lost at sea for ages. And that's what happened to these young boys. They sued, their food soon ran out, they started existing on just rainwater. Thankfully, after a couple of weeks, they were able to catch a bird, and they ate the bird. Sadly, after a month, their family, after having no news about the boys, and the community held a memorial service and and buried the three teens. But they were still on the ocean, in deep trouble. They had no food, no water, their exposure levels were terrible, And it was so dire that they began to drink seawater. And we all know that that signifies that death is probably around the corner. But miraculously, a fishing boat spotted them. And 500 miles from home, 50 days later, the three teens were spotted and saved. That story doesn't tell about the great reunion on the island, but as a mom, I picture those three mothers grabbing those boys in the fiercest hugs, laughing, crying, are just so glad that their lost sons were found again. Their dead sons came back to life. But also picture one of the biggest ones clapping them on the head and saying, why did you lose sight of land? Why didn't you take a compass with you? Because of the grief caused. And I wonder... If God doesn't sometimes have that feeling of frustration and grief about us, he's given us his word as this incredible navigation tool for life, and yet we don't pick it up and read it. And so sadly, we drift further and further away from the shores of his love and from the abundant life that he offers us. We get embroiled in things like temptation and addiction and broken relationships and false teachings, just like people who don't know God. We're not distinct from people who aren't God's children because we're not using His Word as a lamp for our feet and a light for our paths. And as a result, our default option, because we're not reading the Bible, becomes human wisdom, our own Or other people the world and in Jeremiah God warns us of the danger of this of not being connected to him and trusting man he says this is what the Lord says cursed is the one who trusts in man who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord that person will be like a bush in the wastelands they will not see prosperity when it comes They will dwell in parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. Lost at sea, lost in the desert. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It doesn't fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. When we're not picking up God's word and connecting with him through his word, we can be barren, desolate, living in a wilderness. But the opposite, when we connect with the streams of living water that we find in God, in his word, we will flourish like trees We won't fear the heat or or drought, and we'll always bear fruit. Now, if you've been a Christ follower for any length of time, you would have sat here and heard many Bible verses about the power of Scripture, the strength it gives, the hope it gives. You would have heard testimonies from other Christians who said the impact it's had in its life. Yet, we don't pick up the Bible Why is that? Or if we do, it's not very often. In the 1500s, John Wycliffe and William Tyndale, they sacrificed everything, including their very lives by being burnt at the stake, so that the Bible could be given to every single person in English, translated from Latin and Greek, and only the clergy could read it, so that every single person could have a Bible. In 2021, the Guinness World Record shows that the Bible is the bestseller. Five to seven billion copies sold. We see that um, we can have the U version. If you look, there's six million downloads of the U version in 2,000 versions, 1,300 languages. So it's easily accessible. Yet, we see that stat shows 78% of Americans who have a hard copy Bible and an easily accessible one online, it says that only 9% read it regularly. Now, you may go, oh, that's America, that's not us. Well, our own reveal survey of this church, we had a sample of 219 people, probably the amount of us here, And of 219, only 29% read the Bible daily and reflect on it daily. I'm not judging, I'm not wanting to guilt anyone, but 29%, guys, is a fail. If we are wanting to be followers of Jesus, who knows what he says so that we can follow him, we can't only have 29% of us reading scripture. This is the best um, bestseller. Uh, It's an amazing collection of books. It's so easily accessible, yet we're not reading it. And there's a huge gap between what we say we believe about Scripture, that it's God's true word, it's our guide and authority for life. Yet what are we doing in practice? In terms of reading it, in terms of obeying it, And so we are in a crisis as the body of Christ. Why aren't we reading the Bible? Because if we aren't, we're in danger like those young boys of our faith and our lives being shipwrecked. So if I was to take 20 of us into the chapel and say, okay, well, what are your reasons for not reading Scripture? Uh, I'm sure I'd probably have 20 different reasons. Uh, While sitting here, kind of more came to mind, but I don't want to keep us here till 2 o'clock. And so I've just picked some of the common reasons that we often share in terms of why we don't read the Bible. So, firstly, I'm too busy, Uh, I don't have time, or I can't get up in time to read. Uh, it's what Rick Warren calls the, the battle of the blankets. You know, we keep pressing snooze, you know, until we've run out of time and now we need to get up and get ready for our day. Or we say, I find it dry and, and boring. Or it's confusing, it's hard to read, it's difficult to understand. Or a common one is I'm so easily distracted by my phone. I've got three young children, Cindy. How do you expect me to read the Bible with their distractions? And so, I want you to look at those and choose the one that kind of stands out to you, or if something popped to your mind when I said, "Why don't we read the Bible?" Keep that in the top of your of your mind as we keep um, sharing around this topic today. Uh, Rich and I were were privileged to go to the Berg for our holiday, and. Um, We went with some friends, and their tradition is to go to an out-of-the-way restaurant on the last night to have supper to just end the holiday and watch the sunset. So we drove, we went to the restaurant, watched the sunset, had our supper, and then we got into the cars to go home, and our one friend, like, turned the key, and it was dead, and he tried again, it was dead, and he tried again. Gave up. Eventually we said, okay, let's try and push start it. A bunch of stronger, younger people went and it was cold and dark and they pushed starting in this car. Nothing. Dead, dead, dead. So we finally found a bucky and some jumper leads and we jump started this battery, this dead, dead battery and we were able to go. I was praying. I think it was prayer. But um, the reason that I share this story is that sometimes... I believe that when it comes to our reading of the Bible, we need some things to jumpstart our reading that has died or is dead. And today, I, I can give a whole lot of practical things we can do to address the reasons why we don't read the Bible. But again, that will take so long, so I've, I've, I've just drawn it down to three principles that I think can help us, and some practices. So the first principle is ask yourself why again and again of your reason. Remember, you look at your reason. Why don't you read the Bible? Which of those do you choose or or which is the one that jumped to the mind? And then ask yourself why. Whatever you answer, ask yourself why again. And the same of the next answer until you get to the reason beneath the surface. So let me give you an example. I, I struggle Because sometimes I just can't get up in time. And so I can't read the Bible because I can't get up in time. Why? Well, I'm so tired. Why? Well, I stayed up too late because I couldn't put my novel down or I kept going and watching another episode of my series that I'm enjoying. Why? Well, perhaps it's because my novel or my series or my sleep matter way too much to me. Why? Well, God, what I want is a greater priority for my life than what you want. For me, I'm now getting to the root of things. That's where I give up. Jesus, help me now to make you the primary priority. And so you have whatever your reason is. Keep asking yourself why, why, why. Those first two reasons why we don't pick up the Bible, you would have seen the word time. I can't wake up in time. I I don't have enough hours in the day to read it. I'm too busy. I don't have the time. When time is part of our, our reason for not picking up the Bible, it's usually a matter of priorities. Because we always make time for what matters to us. I will make time for Richard and my family and my friends because they're so important to me. And so if you can't find time to read the Bible, you need to be asking the Holy Spirit to elevate the importance of your relationship with him. Jesus invites us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Many people in our body have sought his kingdom first, and they've shared with me how other things have fallen into place. Their exercise, their relationships, their work, their entertainment falls in its proper place. My mum was just such a gift to me in terms of making my Bible reading a priority every day. And one of the things, because we both loved novels, she would always say to me, Bible before books, Cindy. And maybe you need to determine today what needs to be Bible before for you. Bible before Facebook, before Reels, before checking work emails, before housework. I don't know. Ask the Lord what it is for you. So in this principle one, we keep asking why to get to the root of our reason for not picking up the Bible. And maybe your reason isn't like it is for me. Sometimes it's just not the priority. My priorities have got um, out of order. Maybe for you, it's it's laziness or ill discipline um, or wasting time on other things. Maybe for you, it's that you don't want to. And this is where you bring it to God and say, please help me address this real reason But if it is, that it's not a priority, which is the the reason we're gonna deal with today, that brings you to the practice. Deal with whatever your ultimate answer is and then ask the Lord to give you a practice. If it's not a priority, I encourage you, the practice is so simple. Set aside a regular time, which helps you prioritize it. When we kind of put a hedge around a time, we make it non-negotiable. And you need to set the time that works for you because the time that works for you may not be the time that works for me. For me, it's first thing in the morning before I do anything else. I get my breakfast and I sit and I meet with Jesus. So ask why. And then our second principle is I encourage you to reframe it from a reading mindset to a connecting mindset. This principle covers so many of those reasons but it it helps address particularly when we say it's dry it's hard it's irrelevant it's difficult to understand these are, are really legitimate struggles i'm sure many of us struggle with these so much so that we were talking about it in staff meeting and one of the staff members said come on cindy you've got to admit it sometimes the bible is as dry as eating two slices of brown bread without butter Sure, you can relate. It can be dry. But how do we address this? I suggest that we see it the way Jesus does. He wants a relationship with us. And in relationships, you communicate. He wants to communicate, and He has communicated with us through His Word. So many people say, God doesn't speak to me, yet they're not reading their Bible. He wants to meet with you and communicate with you. When we change from, you know, I'm picking up this ancient, dry, dusty book to I'm meeting with a person. I can ignore a book. I can't ignore a person. I need to not miss that date that I have with Jesus. Also, when we reframe it from reading to a relationship, it also helps deal with that dryness, the lack of understanding, um, because we keep reading. We don't give up. You know, in my relationship with Richard, um, for those of you who don't know, he's my husband, if, um, if we're having a dry period in our relationship, we're not connecting, if I don't understand him or something he's done or said, and I'm confused, if we're going through a difficult relationship time, I don't remove myself and stop talking I actually lean in to talk more because if I don't the relationship will be jeopardized and so with the Bible when those things happen we keep reading we keep aiming for connection because when we keep reading the Old Testament explains the new the New Testament explains the old and we start understanding when we keep reading we see how relevant it is to our lives You know, people who say, I've stopped reading because it's dry, boring, or irrelevant. They continue to see the Bible that way and continue to not understand it. But there are people amongst us who have continued to press in, even when it's difficult and dry and they don't understand everything. And you know what? They find it fascinating, relevant to their lives, life-giving, So much, there's a gentleman in our church who I heard about this past week. He has eight hard copies of different versions of the Bible. And he'll get one word, one verse from the Lord, and he'll read all eight different versions so that he can hear what God has to say to him, so he can connect with God. He's finding it fascinating and life-giving. Jesus tells you and I, remain in me as I remain in you because when we remain connected to Jesus through regular time in his word, we can be the people of God that he described in Jeremiah. Flourishing like trees, not withering. Our roots will grow deeper and deeper into him. I, I love reading. I've probably read thousands of books. And they've impacted my life, but there's no book like the Bible that I can keep reading, and even sometimes keep reading the same passage that God keeps speaking to me and is relevant to my life. I um, can remember very clearly, I think because it was in difficult seasons in my life, where God spoke in such a pertinent way before a troubled time. Just bringing life and help and strength. Uh, The one example was uh, the week before my mum died. Uh, We were facing really, really difficult times with debt and with illness. And I encourage you, if you want to hear a word about being outnumbered and how God works, 17th of May, there's a message around that whole scripture that God gave me. But another example is during the floods and the riots, God spoke to me beforehand. And then when those things happened, he said, oh, remember this. And you may say, well, how did God speak to you? just in my regular connection time with him through his word. One of those verses was in the floods was Psalm 46 verse one and two. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. I was full of fear. I had seen homes across the way just washed and gone, mountains falling, earth giving way. was full of fear and God gave me a word to strengthen and encourage and I could share it with others. He is my refuge, not my home. He is my strength when I feel weak and an ever-present help for me and for those who had lost so much in the floods. And he keeps bringing me back to this verse when it rains and we live on a slope and I'm afraid my house is going to wash away. His word is so relevant. It's been relevant to me in in big moments like like those, but also in day-to-day moments. Yesterday I read, he will give me a father's help. And he said, for your sermon, I'll give you a father's help. His word is relevant, not just to me, but I've heard it over and over to people in our congregation as well. Um, a, a small story about my daughter, Cara. She was in senior primary, and she just said, Mom, God doesn't speak to me in, in the Bible like he does to you. And I was like, please, Lord. And she, then a few days later, she was struggling a lot with anxiety. And she called me to her room and said, Mom, listen to what God just said. Cast all your anxiety on me because I care for you. And God in his mercy gave her that same verse twice again the next day in different spaces. God speaks. So reframe from reading to connecting with God. Have that mindset. And to do that, the practices, because this is a relationship, let's ask God through his Holy Spirit to help us understand to help us connect, to help us when it's dry, and help us when it's difficult. Because it's about a relationship. And also, because it's about a relationship, let's create a distraction-free zone. This is one of, I think, the greatest reasons lots of people stop reading the Bible. We live in a time and a season where there's so many distractions. When I go on a date with Richard or, or with my Daughters, or I'm in a counseling session with people. Because I want to give undivided attention, my phone goes on to do not disturb. I want to be fully present. You know, when it's a book, oh, it's easy to be distracted. It's easy to allow the kids in and out or the, pick up my phone and check that mail message. But when we realize, no, 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 this is in a relationship, it's an appointment with the King of Kings then we will be self-disciplined about distractions. I hear you with children, it's really, really difficult to spend time with God when children, little children are interrupting, but it's not impossible. Find out what it looks like in this season and be intentional. We also live in an era where it's terribly noisy and there's so many other voices clamoring for our attention. Because our cell phones mean they're easily accessible, we're easily accessible, always available, we can be entertained constantly or we can hear the latest voice out there, and that will drown out his still small voice. And so we need to create a distraction-free zone Because if we don't, the danger is it's like us being in that boat with those three boys and trusting in each other's feelings as to where north is. North is somewhere over there. East is over there. I will feel, which I did in the office the other day, I felt north was over there. And I took my compass and said to Barry, see, it's not there. When we're listening and trusting in humans' wisdom, we're going to get lost And there's gonna be great grief out of that. So create a distraction-free zone to hear his still small voice. Principle one, ask why. Secondly, reframe it from a reading mindset to a connection mindset. And then thirdly, read with a transformation mindset. Richard and I were in Dallas and we decided to take a very quick stroll from our hotel and just see what things were like there uh, it was supposed to be about 15 minutes and then we got lost and uh, this quick stroll took us about two hours and um, i kept saying the hotels over there in my east kept saying the hotels over there over there and richard said no no i think you're wrong um, eventually he said i really think cindy it's over there and I listened to his instructions and we got home. I think if I hadn't listened, we'd still be in Dallas, wandering around. Many, many of us pick up the Bible to gain increased knowledge of what God says, yet we're not following his directions. The key of us being with Jesus through the scripture isn't like other books, just to gain information. The key is that we connect with him and we become like him. We transform into the likeness of Jesus. We want to be listening to what Jesus said and we want to do it. He said it, we do it. Mary gives us a great example of the attitude that we're aiming for here. When she speaks to the servants before the miracle of the wedding in Cana, she says, do whatever he tells you and those servants did and they were part of the first miracle of Jesus wow water look it's one can you imagine and when we simply pick up the Bible to understand and comprehend and debate and gain knowledge we're missing out on the incredible adventure God's inviting us into he wants us to do what he says The attitude that we're aiming for is described well by Jill Weber. She says, we approach God's word with a heart that says, the answer is yes, but what's the question? So we're going to read with a transformation mindset. The practice is again so simple. Ask, what is Jesus inviting me to do? This part isn't so simple. Then do it. But when we do it, there's such blessing. I met with somebody last Sunday, and I think it was a divine conversation. She was sharing with me how she heard something, and she did it. She was facing a really difficult situation at work. Um, she had shared with, with someone about her relationship with Jesus, and he began to persecute her. She became dead to him. He sabotaged her work. Not only that, he created a, a WhatsApp group that she wasn't part of and started posting photos of her and memes of her to mock, defame, break her down. And when she heard of it, she was justifiably angry, and hurt, and upset. And she wanted to react. Wanted to resign and leave her job and wanted to, you know, take this guy to account for what he'd done. And then she went to Life Group and her Life Group was studying the Lord's Prayer or they read the Lord's Prayer. And this verse just deeply impacted her Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. She shared with me how she obeyed that scripture. And she made the decision to forgive, to not hold onto the fence, to not take action, to surrender it to God. She says as a result, she cried more in that moment than she did about what had happened. But the crying was relief and joy in just knowing God's got this. When we do what he says, we're in an adventure with God. So my prayer today for all of us is that God, through these principles, will kickstart us again into Bible reading, or for the first time, ask why, make it a priority, set aside a regular time. Second principle, reframe it to a connecting mindset. Ask the Holy Spirit here to help you have a relationship with Him through Scripture, And be very intentional to create a distraction-free zone. And the third principle, read with a transformation mindset. Practically ask, what is Jesus inviting me to? And do it. You can practice that one right now. Through this sermon, what is Jesus inviting you to? Decide to go and do it. If I were to take 20 of you into the chapel and say, hey, tell me about where scripture has been relevant and impacted your life, I again think I would get 20 powerful different stories. Today, we want to just sum up. I've asked Natalie to to come and share one of the the stories how scripture, God has spoken so powerfully into her life in a specific situation. Uh, Natalie and I will often meet for coffee and um, she will share this is going on in my life and then through my regular reading then this is what god has said and it happened again just the other day and i just loved hearing how god speaks and so i invited natalie to share a little bit so nat will you tell us um what struggle were you facing and, and what were you feeling at the time
1: thank you cindy good good morning church family. Uh, what a privilege to be one of those probably 200 voices to share what God has done our, in our lives. Um, but it, it is a vulnerable moment. Um, I, it was actually the 9th of January, and I came to, well, the struggle started before then. For two months, I've been working on an academic assignment, which really is a massive challenge for me. I'm not academically minded, um, and it, I, I was spinning. I actually looked at that picture. I really was out to see. I was distressed. I was frustrated. And I just said to my husband, that's it. I'm giving up. I can't do this.
0: And then what happened the next morning in your regular time with
1: God? So I brought my journal with me because I I find nobody gets to read this, but I'll just share what I wrote to him. And I was just, I was exhausted. I woke up, I think, early and I was tired and I was just ready to give up. And I just said, Lord... My Lord Jesus, I look to you to take the wheel. Save me from this distress of this assignment. It's just an assignment, but I really am just confused. Um, it's causing me, I'm exhausted and I'm miserable, um, and I've lost my joy. And be my helper, Lord. And my practice is to, to you know, I remember Tim Keller saying that, that the Psalms was Jesus' prayer book. So... When I don't know how to pray, I just, I have a a reading through the Psalms, and that day I opened up Psalm 45, and it's just as if God knew that that was going to happen to me that day, because the psalmist was writing to a king, and it was about Jesus, and he was saying, my heart overflows with this wonderful theme, and my hand is like a, a, you know, has a, my tongue is like a ready writer, and he's talking about Jesus, and he's saying, um, there is no one fairer than him. There's no one who's ever used the words that Jesus has. Um, and, and he was saying Jesus associates himself, although he's king, he associates himself with the lowly. And here I'm feeling like just absolutely lowly and just already comforted by the words. But then he goes on and he says, mighty king, you know, um, be victorious, pursue the cause you know, for, right, for truth and meekness and righteousness. And just in that moment, I got this picture of, you know, Jesus, this mighty king who doesn't give up, and his words were saying, don't give up, don't give up, you know. Um, and it was like him saying, get on the back of the horse for me, and don't give up. Um, pursue truth. And, it, and as I read those words again, they, they dropped, and it's quite difficult to explain, but it was like they were, the words dropped from my head, deep into my heart. And the still voice was saying, that's how you approach that assignment. Just focus on what is true. Academic writers have all different viewpoints. Stay humble and do what's right. And then the next verse said, and your right hand will teach you awesome things. Those are the exact same words, awesome things. And so, you know, just in that moment, I, if I, I just felt I had clarity, I knew exactly what I had to do, I felt full of hope, and I felt re- revived and energized. So I had nine days to do that assignment, and I literally started from the beginning, and I did it with joy. I stuck that verse up on my computer, I got it in one minute before deadline, and I know it's just an assignment. But I think what it tells me about Jesus is that when he says, seek me, you will find, he cares about what our stresses are. And I really, he set me free from distress, deep distress. Um, He's faithful. And he said, I want to add to Cindy's word, if he said it, he will do it. And he did it.
0: Thank you, Natalie. (laughs) Just love that. Love that authentic story and... Just that God is so kind to speak to us right where we find ourselves. And after preaching this morning, I heard a bunch of people say, God spoke to me in this situation. So he does it for us. Natalie, last question. Um, I've seen that this is a regular practice. Every day connecting with Jesus, practicing these principles.
1: Is it easy for you? No, not at all. <laughs> Most mornings I wake up dry. I grab a cup of tea. But the words that have helped me was hearing Jim Cimbala once in its scripture. Uh, he, he He reminded us that as human beings, Jesus said, I'm not leaving you on your own. I give you a comforter. I give you a helper. And the Holy Spirit, He points, He reveals Christ to us. And so, you know, it's often just, Holy Spirit, you need to do it. I need to see Jesus because I can't see my own strength. So that's what helps me. Thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you for sharing
0: so authentically and being willing to encourage us on our journey. I want us to stand and pray together. I'm going to create a space. I'll end in prayer, but I want you to just talk to God about your relationship with his words to you. I'll prompt you a little bit. Close your eyes. Now speak to God. He knows. He knows if you are finding the word dry or confusing or difficult. He knows if there's so many things that are pulling you away from it, distracting you from it, or time wasters. He knows. He knows your positive and negative reactions to it. Take the time now to talk to him about those things. Speak to God about that reason that you gave that's preventing you from reading the Bible. Speak to him about your why. Now ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He hasn't left us alone. Ask him to help you to read it, to help you to overcome what is hindering you from picking it up. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes so that you can see the Bible in new ways. Ask Him to open your ears to hear His voice clearly directing you. Ask God to place a longing in your heart for connecting with him as you read his word jesus we thank you so much for these 66 books that you have preserved over thousands of years that you directed 40 authors to write that you reveal yourself and your will and your ways and your love for us within. May we never take it for granted. May we never neglect it. Holy Spirit, help us, we pray, to overcome these reasons and to make connecting with you a priority. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.